Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. How the hell are you? Can you guys hear me? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. So you couldn't hear me a second ago? No, no, that music's so loud. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll try to get that... uh, well, we're just getting turned up on this Wednesday. What are you talking about? You sound like a man crawling in here. Gotta get in bed early tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you gotta go to work at 5 a.m., it makes it kind of rough. Yeah, it does. It really does. It, it, it's it's awful being an adult. <laughs> it really is. I didn't it. know this shit was going to be this much not fun. I'm telling you. I swear, if I do anything for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich fixed by mom, and uh, catch the school bus at 7.30. So. All right. It is Race Chat Live. It's a Wednesday night. Boy, oh, boy, we've uh, we had a couple of setbacks, but we are here, and we're glad to have the show uh, this evening. Of course, uh, make sure that you share it around. It's uh, been shared in the link as well. Uh, let me see if I can get this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... You know, we were at Talladega. Man, it was a great race. Uh, Saturday for sure. Uh, Sunday, not so much. They brought the cars out and then called uh, called it for the for the rest of the evening. They resumed the race on Monday. And, uh, well, Bubba Wallace steals the victory. Third first-time winner of the weekend. I guess, guys, we'll start from there. Well... Say what you want about Bubba Wallace, but um, it was it was nice to see three first-time winners. Um, he he had himself in the right place at the right time to get the W. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the record book should, what what we think. There won't be an asterisk that says rain rain. Uh, shorten. It won't say that at all. Right. So, <clears throat> you can say what you will, but he is a NASCAR wiener. Um, you know, crying his eyes out like a two-year-old, which is understandable. Uh, no, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. 
Pat? So, yeah, I'm... Three first-time winners with two of them being guys that you would never expect to really get a win is uh, pretty shocking. I mean, Tate Fogelman didn't know anything about him. Now we do. Brandon Brown. Yeah. We, ca- we kind of knew who Brandon Brown was. He, he was starting to come out more more and more as some of these top Xfinity guys were moving up and we're starting to get to know some of these smaller teams better. And Brandon Brown just happened to, you know, play the card to tell Dagger right, be at the right place, right time. Well, and this was the guy that uh, had the the video the other a uh, couple of months ago, right, where he was trying to sell sponsorship. He did the whole uh, for sale. It was it was basically it was uh, it was uh, a pitch sales pitch video. It's awesome, man. I mean, to see three first-time winners, I've always been a fan of first-time winners. It's also 16 different winners this year in the Cup Series. We thought that at the beginning of the year, Chad Taylor, remember us talking about how we could see a path to 16. And we, we found it this year. Yeah, we found it. But it, we thought it would happen before the playoffs, though. Oh, well, no doubt, no doubt, we did expect it. We we thought it could happen before the playoffs, but I, I I don't know in recent memory where we've had sixteen different winners all season long. Um, it's definitely uh, and, and the season's not over. Uh, basically, uh, you know, next weekend is or well, this coming weekend for the Roval is the only other wild card race that we could possibly have. Uh, be interesting to see if AJ Allmendinger is in that list uh, because he could definitely be the 17th different winner this year um, if he is uh, scheduled to race in this weekend's event at the Roval. Yeah, Charlotte will play wild card, but at the same time, I don't think so. I think we're going to see our road course ringers here for this one. Regardless of if if it's Xfinity or Cups, it's only those two series this weekend. Trucks are off till Martinsville. Right. Um, and we'll, we'll get into what's happening this weekend at the Roval a little bit later on in the program. Of course, a lot to talk about uh, with what we had. Uh, it was very upsetting uh, on Sunday when they brought the cars out after an hour and a half rain delay. They brought the cars out. The cars made one lap around the speedway. Uh, obviously, a light shower had come in, but it was uh, it was kind of a misty rain. Of course, what we've seen from the uh, in-car camera views that they plastered all over the racetrack, it was raining there on uh, somewhere around turn number two. Uh, but the mist was coming actually out of turn number four and was kind of just you know floating across the racetrack there. Unfortunately, they made the call to end the race, and by the time they called the race, uh, Taz, Craig Moore, uh, the sun was shining. So we were basically walking with 100,000 people back to our cars with people saying, you know, where's where's the rain at? Where's the ponchos? Did NASCAR call this way too early, considering it was only 2.30, and... uh, 
Uh, it doesn't get dark until 6.30. Being that the, the whole track was not lost. And I, and I was there. I know the whole track wasn't lost. It was obviously some rain falling, or if we wouldn't have seen it on the front windshield. But did NASCAR make that call just a little too early? Test. Well, Craig, go ahead, Craig. No, 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 Craig, you, you spoke up. Go ahead. All right. Do I think they made it a little too early? Well, they said it was going to, it was an hour and a half after the equipment got to the track. If they were anticipating that race was going to, that rain was going to last until about 3.30, it would then take them an hour and a half to two hours to get that track dry. That would be 5.30. From what I understand from the Fox, or from the uh, FS, or NBC broadcast. So that would bring it up to 5.30 for race time. If it if the sun sets at 6.30, your time, 7.30, our time, that's only an hour of racing. How much are they going to get in? They would have had to move it then until Monday. So do I think they called it too early? No, I think they called it just about at the right time based on, on what their people, uh, their experts were saying about the storms coming through. Unfortunately... That's- Mike. Not being at the racetrack would would definitely set that opinion for you. If you had been at the racetrack, I believe you would have a different outcome, but I still want to hear what Taz has to say about it. Honestly, at first I thought they called it too early, but being that if you really think about it, it they probably called it at the right time. I mean, it's unfortunate that circumstances happened the way they did, but in a sense, I think they played the smart card instead of playing the card of, well, let's see how much we can get in before we can call it a race. And I think at that point, it could be a dangerous situation, especially the super speedway. There's no way that NASCAR could have known that it, the, the bright skies would have come out. The sun uh, basically never uh, – the sun come back right back out as soon as they made the call to end the race. It looked as if things were going to go sour. Unfortunately, for, for the 100,000 race fans that were there, we knew otherwise, and it was very unfortunate that that many people had to walk back to their cars. There was a um, – it was quite a cadence being called this uh, this weekend. I'm not sure if you guys uh, heard about it on the uh, from the Xfinity race, but there was a chant, a certain chant that was uh, something to the noise of "Oh Biden, fuck Oh Biden," or something to uh, so. Uh, you mean let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So uh, Bubba Wallace winner. He was not only the first time winner. But also, longtime crew chief Booty Baker. Booty Baker picked up his very first cup win. That was a surprise to me, knowing how long Booty Baker had been around the sport. Also, McDonald's, first time since 1994. The McCurse is finally broken. But let's go back to Booty Baker. Booty's been in the, in the garage a long time. Uh, it, it, it's almost as if, you know, this was meant to be. He was just put into the... Uh, crew chief box 
after Mike Wheeler took a more important role within 23-11's race team. Uh, how significant of a win is this for Booty Baker, and could he be the long-term uh, basic uh, crew chief for Bubba Wallace? I think he can be. I think that uh, I think that him and Bubba are gelling. And, I mean, one win is a little too soon to call it. But, you know, they're, they're having improvement. And nobody's going, to, nobody's going to pull miracles overnight. I don't care. I don't care who the hell they are. You could be Chad Canals, for Christ's sake. And, uh, you know, you're not going to have a miracle. You're not going to have a miracle. Now, I, I think that what would help him, and that's cute, Taz, um, I think what would help him is getting getting Bubba another win this season. I definitely think that would solidify him as as the crew chief going forward instead of the interim crew chief. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Michael Jordan also did put a – I think that he figured out that NASCAR is a lot harder of a sport than what he anticipated because he had said Bubba would have several wins by now. And Bubba well, just had one. I mean, at what point do you so, try to build up your build up your guys? That's the old. I have full confidence in my in my coach's capabilities or my players' capabilities. You know, that's that's just the old hoorah uh, as you try to build up confidence within the organization. It is a first time win for Michael Jordan. As a matter of fact, Tav and Craig Moore. Uh, I got to hear on all the major sports networks them mention that Michael Jordan's race team won a cup race. And uh, that, that was typically on stations and on news networks that don't cover much NASCAR. So obviously a popularity boost, along with the headlines, uh, Bubba Wallace was the first African-American winner since. And I thought that was probably a misconception considering he's not the first Wendell Wallace was. I was, you know, it's, it's the way that you word things at times. Uh, not, we didn't want to diminish the fact that Wendell, uh, Wendell Scott, I should say, Wendell Scott uh, was the uh, very first African-American winner in uh, NASCAR's cup series. So uh, guess what, Chris, let me ask you a serious question. Let me ask you a serious question. Yes. Does it really fucking matter he was black? No, I didn't think so at all. It, exactly. And that's, I think, one of the things that irritates me most about this coverage of this of him winning. Who gives a shit that he was black? Who cares? It was so... Bubba Wallace. Was, he wanted his own what? track, basically. And that wasn't the story. Like, this guy grew up in Alabama, L.A., low. Alabama, when you say I'm from L.A., people say, oh, you're from Los Angeles. You laugh and say, no, I'm from Lower Alabama. This guy was from Lower Alabama, and, and obviously he probably dreamed of winning at a, you know, at a home track if he was, you know, a big fan like we were growing up. Uh, it would have to be the place that he'd want to score his first victory, and yet it was, it was overshadowed by the continuation of basically that this was a black driver. Um, I'm so glad Formula One uh, is so over that fact that Lewis Hamilton had a, has 100 career <clears throat> victories 
in Formula One, and not one time did they ever have to mention that he was of African European descent. I guess you would say because he's not American, so um, I'm not sure how you would uh, properly go about that one. And let's not get ourselves in any trouble trying to speculate. Have to. Um, I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can with. I don't think you can't with Formula One, being that you have multiple uh, races and personalities and foreign backgrounds. So I, I, there's really no way you can out it with that, other than just being as neutral as possible. Right. I mean, it just amazes me. Excuse me, that you know, why couldn't we just say Bubba Wallace first win in 142 uh-huh. starts at NASCAR's top level? You can see that he's of he's he's I don't even know if he's a hundred percent American African American. Well, um, he has a white still, what the hell, If that even matters, right? So what the hell does it matter? And that's and not not you. I'm just saying in general, every sports outlet, every news outlet, saying the same thing, and it's like, and we wonder why in this country we have race issues. Right, 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 right. The only race issues that I have happen at the racetrack. So I believe that's where exactly. – um, and, and we've tried to make that perfectly clear here uh, so many times before. Um, we, are, we are celebrating the fact that Michael Jordan, the biggest icon <clears> – when you say Michael Jordan, you say Mike Tyson. When you say Michael, Michael Jordan, you say Leonardo DiCaprio, right? You're talking about one of the biggest icons in the world, Michael Jordan, one of the biggest icons in the world, just won his very first cup race. I I mean, you don't have to put that Michael Jordan is uh, (laughs) African-American. We know who the hell Michael Jordan is. And he's a great guy, and I'm glad that he's in our sport, and we're going to celebrate the fact that McDonald's, Booty Baker, Bubba Wallace, and Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, they're all in this together for the first time. And I love it. It's, it's absolutely uh, it's an amazing time for NASCAR as we move on to the next generation car. Speaking of the next generation car, we'll move on. We'll segue into our next subject. They, the, this car is obviously really close to full production, but uh, Toyota has uh, made a statement that uh, teams are behind on the next generation deployment uh, we're kind of running out of time here guys uh do we see a setback coming or do we or are we all in agreement that uh that that they'll have this car out and in in time for the start of the 2022 race season we'll start with trick no i think we're going to see it at the third race of the season i think that they're too far behind the eight ball uh, to get it all out for Daytona. So I think you're going to see it the second or third week of the season. They're going to be running this package. They're going to be running these cars uh, for the first or second race of the 2022 season. And you won't really see the impact of this car until 2023 at the uh, at the earliest. So, you're, so you believe that this is going to be a similar rollout to what we've seen with the car tomorrow, basically where the, we started the first four to five races of the season, then at Bristol they, they debuted the car. This is, And if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Busch was the first winner ever in the car tomorrow. Uh, right, he said he hated the friggin' thing. 
<laughs> right, you say drive like a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Kyle Busch has been uh, been making us, giving us content for well over 15 years. Um, so, okay, so Taz, uh, I'm kind of in agreement with Craig over here. I feel like that we're not going to debut this car in time. What's the point in hauling a brand new car to this little bitty place out in Los Angeles? And then uh, we have so many cars at our disposal. Uh, let's bring the car that we just seen this weekend at Talladega. Let's bring that back to Daytona and uh, just try to get this car, to, this next generation car, uh, eased into next season. What's your thoughts on that, Taz Taylor? Well, I think Toyota's only behind because you have to think of it this way: Ford and Chevy has been in NASCAR for how long now? And there's many race teams with Chevy and Ford. Toyota doesn't really have much of anything. I mean, you have Joe Gibbs, 2311, and Scott Brothers. There's your Toyota team. So, for them being behind the eight ball, I'm not surprised. But, in a sense, they shouldn't be behind the eight ball. Why? Because they only have, like, six cars to worry about. Versus Chevy and Toyota, they're talking at least So why is Chevy and Ford who has more? Why is Chevy and Ford have at least ten cars to prepare? They're on point. Toyota has like six, and they're like behind the eight ball. Could be a stalling mechanism. Yeah. Uh, Very interesting that you picked up on that, right? Very interesting. Let's make sure, guys, that we're sharing the show. Uh, to our to our outlets there, being that it is a Wednesday night, we want to make sure we grab uh, the attention of uh, people because they don't know uh, that our show. I've had a couple of, uh, other than our normal listeners, of course, I've had a couple of people reach out and uh, try to get that link there that we've got. Uh, so uh, let's make sure we get that shared around. I believe it's going to be the one from 23 minutes ago. I didn't have any trouble with the first link. Was there trouble with the link, Craig? With the first one? I know the one you shared this morning, it gave me an error message, but whoever posted the second time, it worked. Okay, awesome. So let's make sure that we uh, unpin that one. I can't, uh, from an Android phone, I can't unpin that. If somebody can un- unpin the, the first one. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to our subjects here. Big news rattled out today in the Xfinity series. You know, when uh, Josh Berry won a couple of weeks ago in the Michael Annette machine, we all kind of made a comment that, you know, how would this, how would this go with Michael Annette? Uh, being that uh, he hasn't had but one victory in that race car in his entire stint at uh, at Junior Motorsports. Josh Berry stepped in and released and takes on a victory. News today, Michael Annette has announced that he will retire at the conclusion of the 2021 season. That's a big surprise. I, I don't think it is. No, it was no, I don't. I agree. I don't think it was. I think the writing was on the wall. 
I think that, you know, when Josh Berry comes in and wins one, and then wins another one. Yeah, his days were numbered. He may have been told, hey, look, you better step it up or you're done. And the pressure was too much, so he just said, you know what, let me just hang up my helmet and take off my heat shields. And I'll but wasn't, local dirt. But wasn't Michael on that facing some, like, health personal issues, too? Yes, he has a broken femur. Uh, that I believe there's been some complications with the healing of that uh, of that injury. It may have played a big part into this, but I, I think that maybe, and I'm not speculating, and I sure hate to to make this to sound as bad as it does, but you know when you when you put two and two together, Junior Motorsports already had four cars that they signed for next year. We wondered if there was going to be a fifth full-time Junior Motorsports car. I think this decision came out well before basically the situation. What's going to be interesting is whether or not, uh, you know, Michael Annette was connected to to the owners of Pilot and uh, Flying J, of course. Those same owners are the owners that own the Cleveland Browns, uh, if you guys didn't know that little FYI there. So there is a connection between the Cleveland Browns and Michael Annette as well. Uh, but uh, so he is uh, – he is. Uh, um, a family heir to the pilot in Flying J truck stops. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see if similar to Menards, they stick around in the sport. Uh, so we'll, we'll be interested. I did see that. Also in truck news this week, Grant Enfinger will take over the number 23 GMS car that has been driven by Chase Purdy. Uh, Meridian, Mississippi, local native driver, uh, obviously will be out of a ride at the end of the season. But Grant Enfinger will be able to compete for a full-time Truck Series championship next year. That's big news for the old Enfinger. Definitely yeah. for sure. I mean, he got he got screwed this year with Starsport, being that he had to share a ride with Christian Eckes. Which I'm not taking anything from Eckes because Eckes can, Eckes is talented for a young age. He is, and I, if as long as cards play into his hand, he can have a great career. But he also screwing out a good driver, veteran driver that is, and Grant Enfinger, who's still trying. I think really peak in his career, especially if he wants to be a truck series regular. So. I think G, him moving to GMS, securing his own full-time ride without having to share anything or and try to figure out when he's not in a truck he's comf- he's used to being in, he has to go find another team or somewhere else to race. So, Enfinger moving to GMS, very smart, and especially with how competitive GMS is usually, usually week in, week out. Although I'm still curious as to seeing how many trucks they're going to field next year, being that they, they'll have a cup team, too. Right. Right. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. Of course, they had a full-time Xfinity team uh, last year, but I believe they focused mainly in the truck series uh, this season. Um, news come out yesterday that uh, it's kind of fitting as well. Uh, this is what's interesting about Wednesday show. We're actually getting news 
after, uh, after the race that we're able to report on the show, which is something that we don't normally have the, the luxury of doing with our show on Monday night these days. We, we may have to check into this because I have a lot more content that I can work with on a Wednesday than I normally do on a Monday night. 23X, uh, 2311 secures charter and crew chief for the 2022 season. Of course, this is the charter and crew chief for Kurt Busch. Speculation is that it's going to be Matt McCall. I don't believe that that's going to fit the descriptive considering that they say this crew chief is currently employed somewhere. Uh, being that uh, Chip Canassi is shutting down at the end of the season, I don't think that that would be a breach of contract. But we did have a certain somebody that left that announced that they were leaving Penske, uh, I believe Todd Gordon. Could Todd Gordon be possibly uh, a replacement here or uh, an addition to the 2311 race team? Or will it be somebody outside of that box? Uh, start with you, Chaz. Uh, he could. I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to see how that goes. I don't know. I'm I'm up in the air, honestly. I thought Todd Gordon was a great fit in Penske, but he's the guy going over to uh, 2311. I guess we'll see how he does. I, I believe Todd Gordon's going to be the director of competition at Roush Fenway Racing with Brad Keselowski. That's where that's where I'm guessing Todd Gordon goes, and I'm and I'm believe that TJ Majors is going there as well as Brad Keselowski cherry picked from the organization that he's raced at for the last uh, twelve seasons. But it's very interesting that we that. Uh, the way that it was worded, that they're not allowed to uh, basically say who the crew chief is because they're currently in, employed, that's really leaving it up in the air. It's going to be really hard to, to, to say that, look, this is who we definitely know uh, will, be the, will be the crew chief over there. Also, it's, you know, it's not been announced who they got their charter from, though it's believed that this is a star.com uh, uh, charter that uh, that that uh, Hamlin has gotten his hands on, which still leaves it up in the air over Front Row Motorsports and whether or not they are going to continue uh, racing next season with the two charters that they have. Uh, any any big guess there on who the crew chief would be, uh, Craig Moore, or, or where the charter come from? Oh, see if I can find it quick. I thought I saw it. It is on our page. Yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I once believe, again, I believe, silly season I believe and I found effect. it. Silly season, of course, is in full effect. Uh, it is anybody's guess right now who will wind up where. Uh, I did see this weekend as we move on to uh, previewing the Roval. Stuart Haas Racing will have a driver driving uh, the 52 machine this weekend, which is a Rick Ware Racing machine. 
Uh, Joey Hand is the name of the driver. He is a Ford uh, uh, project driver. Um, I, I have not personally heard of Joey Hand. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody here has. Have you guys? You guys heard this? What was that again? Long-time sports the car starter. veteran Joey Hand will make his NASCAR Cup Series debut for Wickware Racing this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval. The 42-year-old Hand has earned wins in some of racing's biggest events, including the 24-hour Le Mans. He has also been victorious in the Rolex 24 at Daytona 2011 in the overall 2017 GT Le Mans class and 12 hours of Sebring in the 2011-2012 uh, GT class. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm a sports car fan myself, but uh, I do not know. I'm not. I do not recognize the name Joey Hand, uh, but he has basically been recruited by Stuart Haas and Ford as a development driver, and will take the wheels of the 52 this weekend at the Charlotte Roval. Of course, you can find that information on jski.com. Any thoughts on that, guys? Joey Hand. Seems to, he seems to have his ducks in a row. He's got quite a few wins under his belt. Craig, anything? Did you guys? Well, I've never heard of the guy, but I don't see him being a threat, being it's a Rick Way racing car, to be very honest. <laughs> And you're, they're usually the uh, bottom of the food chain, the weight that you can't get off your shoulders. All right. Key that's holding on to the wrench. They they are literally the butt of everybody's joke every weekend. But I want to tell you that '52 car that Josh Balicki drove uh, this past weekend at Talladega with Trans Am. Uh, with the eagle from the, uh, the uh, Smokey and the Bandit, that that was one of the coolest uh, throwbacks I've ever seen on a race car. It, he nailed it. That was awesome. Even though it was on a Ford and not on a Firebird, uh, it was really cool to uh, to see that uh, that paint scheme. Once again, whoever the guy is that designs those paint schemes at Rick Ware Racing, uh, he. They are wasting opportunities. Uh, one of these bigger bigger guys, one of these bigger teams definitely needs to uh, get him in the door. Uh, because I've seen some pretty ugly race cars here of late through the Hendrick camp and, and, and uh, uh, some of the others. So they need to step up their, their rap game. They need to do something because they have an IndyCar, it's either IndyCar Formula One team that does pretty decent. They have a Pinty Series car that runs pretty good. What can't they figure out in the Cup Series? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think that they. I don't think that it is Rick Ware's motive to be competitive uh, in NASCAR Cup Series, and it's basically uh, just uh, you know a way to make money and. Uh, 
when that initial time comes to be competitive or be forced out of the, the sport, I believe that once that once they make the move to force them to do one way or the other, then Rick Ware will put together a solid uh, race team. But right now, I think he's really just building up funds to become a solid race team. It's something that we've seen in years past. I mean, it's only so much money he can make every year by building these race cars. But unfortunately, it just, you know, I heard Larry Mack or one of the uh, SiriusXM shows say it best, at least get guys in like J.J. Yeager that know how to drive an underfunded race car. You know, and and uh, basically, uh, oh, it was from Door Bumper Clear. Um, Brett Griffin, I believe, said, you know, uh, when J.J. Yaley drives for him, he's really good about staying out of the way and stuff. Some of these guys race for Rick Ware. Just put their car in the middle of the racetrack and say, hey, around me when you can. Um, but uh, So in other news this week, uh, the, the sudden passing of uh, – uh, of John West Townley. It was a double murder, homicide. I don't really know how to explain them. Basically, Athens uh, Police Department has released a statement uh, claiming that uh, a gentleman by the name uh, opened fire on John West Townley, who come into the residence of his ex-wife, Miss Townsley, with a hatchet, a gun was pulled by Mr. Anderson. He uh, fired off several shots, which uh, accidentally struck the former spouse of John West Townley, killing her and John West Townley. Tragic news. Uh, if you know, some of you guys want to, if you don't remember John West Townley, I guess probably what he's most known for is the chicken fight between him and, I believe, who was that? Spencer Gallagher, I believe, as they fought uh, fought each other uh, at uh, a racetrack there in the truck series. I'm trying to think of what racetrack that was. I know it had pretty good banking in it because uh, both of them really just didn't really act like they were trying to whoop each other's ass. It's uh, probably one of the more uh, funnier fights that we've ever seen, but also, John West Townley was known to step out of a race truck or race car at Pocono uh, because he was not comfortable with the race car. It kind of he become a, kind of a laughing stock there because he was basically afraid of the equipment in the Pocono. Uh, so they had to find a replacement driver uh, for him. But uh, you know, his father owned Zaxby's, and uh, so he was basically kind of buying a rod. Uh, in NASCAR, but unfortunate news. Um, we don't really have much to add to that other than I just don't know if I buy that story. Greg Moore, are you still with us? I'm yeah, buddy, I'm still here. I had me, I was on mute. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Greg to chime in. Yeah, I was on mute. I was listening. Um, it is tragic. I heard it. I believe Claire B. Lang uh, broke it on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, and the first thing that came to my mind was that fight he had in the truck series. <laughs> that um, 
they ended up overdubbing with Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross. Oh, and that's, you can yes, find out the um and and I'm surprised. I mean, it's not funny, but I'm surprised that nobody has posted that yet. Right. Um, at least I haven't seen it. Now that yeah, now that nobody's posted it, and it's a couple of days removed, now maybe I will post it. But if um, the story is was, true, the, one of the first things that I see and that kind of come out of this story, Craig, uh, without cutting you off, is that uh, that this could possibly be another situation where uh, head concussions could have played a major part in this. We've talked about CTE here before. We've talked about the long-term effects that it has on the brain. We've seen this in football. Could this very well be a case of CTE uh, where basically um, John Westley had had so many head concussions because of a massive amount of wrecks that he was in? In a short period in NASCAR, could this, you know, it's without saying that it's an excuse, could this, could this very well be a situation where we go back with the Aaron Hernandez and Junior Seau and Dick Trickle and other drivers that were affected with long-term mental pain and physical pain caused by concussion? It very well could be. Um, I just hope hard to that... speculate something like this, but I mean. We have to we have I, to keep an open mind here. I just hope that they don't uh, instantly go to that without doing some hardcore research um, before they before they make that assumption. Uh, it would be a shame if they went to that and then said, "Oh, hey, yeah, we're gonna this will be easy to rule out." Right, and I think that the family could could offer the brain for evaluation uh, similar to the way that Junior Seau had requested. Hopefully, uh, John West Townley's family is aware of this situation and could possibly have done the right thing and allowed uh, his brain to be uh, looked at to see if maybe that could be that he has substantial brain damage and uh, created this uh, uneasy. I mean, Craig, we, we both know that this, this is something similar that happened in wrestling, right? Everybody knows about the story uh, with uh, what's his name that killed his family, right? Chris I mean, Benoit. Was Chris Benoit, right? I mean, you know, that was, you know, was it, was it drug abuse or was it, was it CTE? You know, something made that guy snap and something Something made him do the most horrible, uh, uh, just unthinkable, unimaginable sin, and, and and yet we're left to say why? Why did he do that? And and I think that this is another, you know, another one to question of you know what 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 created this type of anger? What created this moment to just completely snap like that? And uh, People who suffer traumatic brain injury, this is this is something that happens. This is something that 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 has uh, been very well documented that 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 happens. These certain types of rages. Yeah, it's it's definitely sad. We'll have to wait and see what uh, what transpires from it all, and and see what we they come up with. I hope they don't. 
you know. No, and I hope that they don't rush to judgment with it and say, oh, it was definitely CTE um, before they do their homework. Sure, like you said, his family could very well donate his brain to the CTE Foundation, and I forget who it's run by. It's actually run by another uh, professional wrestler. He's a Harvard graduate, I believe. I keep Chris something or other. Taz, maybe you can help me out with it. Um, and he actually suffered from it, hence why they um, <laughs> it was founded. But definitely, it has something. It's it, it's it's a tragedy nonetheless. No matter what it is, uh, tragedy right. nonetheless. And hopefully somebody, you know, Dale Jr. is so proactive in situations that, that come to head injuries and stuff like that. And I just I just kind of, in the back of my mind, I have my fingers crossed that maybe somebody of his prominence made a phone call and was like, hey, let's, let's, let's investigate this even further. Because obviously you want to know what is in a man's head when he does something uh, today. And, and, you know, it's a crime of passion, of course. So that was his ex-wife, so... There is motive there, but uh, something had to have made uh, this man snap. Or or it could be that the person who shot both the female and the male, uh, there could be more to the story on that side as well. It's, not, it's never good to speculate on things, but it does leave us all in question of what the, the, the object of this discussion is, what, what could have been in John West Townley's brain to make him uh, act out in such a way that has been described in the police uh, re- report. Um, wow. Man, we have we have covered some ground already. It's 7.45. Uh, Craig wants to get out of here a little bit early tonight, and I think that we can arrange things to wrap up uh, before too much longer. Um, I did want to spend a few minutes on the subject um, with Townley. I also want to give a shout-out uh, to Door Bumper Clear and the Dale Jr. Download and other places, uh, Sirius XM Radio. Uh, they've really uh, helped uh, me expand my content throughout this year and uh, kind of given us more content to discuss here on Race Chat Live. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was practicing uh, at Texas and I believe at Indianapolis this week as he is preparing to race the Indianapolis 500 in the 2022 race season. I I thought, guys, that Jimmy was going to go one year, and he may have made it through the year, uh, but it was definitely just going to be one of those one-and-dones. He is obviously determined to make something happen in IndyCar. All I can do, guys, is send my best wishes to this guy, right? I mean, he obviously has a fire lit under his ass, and uh, is wanting to prove to the world that his that his racing career is not over. Expectations going into the Indianapolis 500. Watched him run. I don't know if you guys have had any IndyCar races this year, but Jimmy Johnson has kind of been the Rick Ware race car type driver at uh, in Indy. Uh, but but showed uh, promising, promising uh, advancements at the Oval. Uh, before rain come down and cancel the session. What's you guys' expectations, Taz? Uh, we'll start with you. You know, this is a touchy subject. I'm a Jimmy Johnson fan. I, he's done a lot in NASCAR. 
But IndyCar, it's kind of like <coughs> it, it's been heartbreaking. I mean, he's a good driver, but you can really see that he did not do so much preparation for IndyCar, I feel like. Or maybe the drivers, the talent pool of drivers that he's with now, they just have that much more experience to where I don't think he'll be able to catch them up by the time he says he's done racing, period. So, I mean, my expectations, honestly, at very least, qualify. And if he qualifies, my highest my highest expectation I could see, and I would consider this a a championship victory if he can do this. <clears throat> and this is coming from a Jimmy Johnson fan right here. I think if he qualifies, if he finishes the race at all, I think that that would be considered he should consider that a victory um i mean he is in besides the daytona 500 he is in the uh second most prestigious race in automobile racing mm-hmm. if he finishes the race if he qualifies great um if he finishes it he should probably look at that as a uh, championship victory I don't and know. then hang his head up. Man, I mean, you know, he, he threw away this year, right? I mean, he he used this year to kind of get to know the car. I believe Jimmy Johnson honestly believes that this was the throwaway year, and next year he will be fully competitive. It has been reported by Adam Stern that he has turned down cup ride offers. So we are talking, uh, talking about a driver, a free agent <laughs> driver that has seven cup championships has turned down cup-offered rides because he is eyeing a full IndyCar schedule next season, including the Indy 500. I believe Jimmy Johnson still, somewhere in his unright mind, believes that he can be competitive (laughs) in the IndyCar series. After we've seen him run all year long three and four miles an hour slower than the rest of the competition. Uh, I don't believe any other driver would get that kind of hall pass. Uh, he is the Rick Ware Racing in a very competitive race car, Chip Ganassi race car of IndyCar. I mean, three to four miles an hour slower than the rest of the field. That's uh, that is a big difference. But but it has been reported by Adam Stern that Jimmy Johnson has turned down NASCAR offers as he is in pursuit of a full time IndyCar schedule. Uh, for next season, including uh, his debut at the Indianapolis 500. Matt DiMondetto is still looking for a 2022 uh, ride. It's a game of musical chairs, and the music uh, is about a hot potato, hot potato, hot potato floor. Um, you guys, uh, I mean, we've, 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 shook, we've shook this apple tree before. Nothing's fell out of it. You guys see Matt Diamondetto closing in on any last-minute deals? I think the only smart logistical idea he may have 
and I think you guys, I think you guys may see it as it's a long shot, and you guys may think I'm crazy too. But I think I think logistically, this is probably going to make the most sense out of the case. Matt Benedetto should focus on going into Xfinity. Xfinity in 2022 with who? Richard Childress. No Gibbs Racing. No, Joe Gibbs don't want him back. But well, but but well, I can see well, an open wait, rod wait, wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm I'm gonna make my argument here. Joe Gibbs has zero Xfinity drivers because we have no idea what's going on with Brandon Jones. Right, right. I agree. Harrison Burton's moving up to Cup. Daniel Hammer headed to college. Is over to college. Right. Ty Gibbs, we have no idea if he's gonna go full time if he's even old enough yet to race at some of these tracks. So. What is is, is he even do? old enough to drink a beer? No. So what no, does Joe man. Gibbs do? He's got it. He's got to find drivers. And where does he got to go? I think John Hunter would be a great guy to to lead the brigade. But if you need a, now, you need a second and third full time driver. Brandon Jones, like I said, up in the air. We don't even know if he's renewed his contract or how long his contract is for. And if you really want a talented driver and some of your equipment, give it to Matt Benedetto. And Matt Benedetto could help you in Cup Series if you do it right because God only knows how much longer you'll have Truex and it's only a matter of time before Denny Hamlin calls it a career as a race car driver. He's not going to call it a career until he wins a championship. And I think that's going to be this year, but that's well in advance of when we should be talking about this. Uh, special update, next week is our roundtable discussion. We're looking really good. We'll get into that in just a minute as we uh, get ready. One last, uh, one last thing on silly season that I've got here. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse returning to JTG Doherty Racing in 2022. They are going with one uh, cup team next year. No big surprise there, but uh, uh, Ricky Stenhouse gets to keep his ride at the 47 machine. So let's go into Toasted Tweets, one of my new favorite little toys that uh, I'm playing around with. This is where we will say some of the funniest tweets or twisted tweets or toasted tweets, burner tweets that we hear throughout the week. I've got about five or six of them I will read on the air. Uh, these are hot topics, basically, that are going on in our sport that have uh, had either funny comments or uh, downright ridiculous comments. Uh, whatever makes the show, there's somewhere in it that will make you laugh. So uh, as we get ready uh, for the toasted tweet segment, I do need you guys to laugh uh, when, uh, when, after I get done reading these uh, in conclusion of each one. So we will start with the number, number placement. Of course, they showed the 17 car, Chris, uh, Chris Busher's machine. The 17 did not oh, look very good on the placement of that car. So it's Tom Sears at Lurkin Tom 14. He made a comment, just curious at NASCAR, look at this. Are you serious? 
Why are we even moving the numbers at all? The distance wheel to wheel from Gen 6 to the next gen car is almost extra one foot. If we stayed in the old cars, yeah, I get moving it, but now things, the thing's an entire billboard now with extra space. Right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I told y'all, numbers moving forward, I don't care where the number moves. If you move it back, okay. If you move it forward, fine. If you're going to do something if you're going to take away from traditional and move it to a different spot and, you, and it requires a paint scheme such as NASCAR, you better do the freaking thing right. And Chris Busher in the 17th, although it's not unofficially the 2022 car yet, it is junk. Why? Because <laughs> the main sponsor, the main sponsor, doesn't Chris, even take up. Shows itself. But the associate sponsors are so tiny that there's so much space there. You're just like, it's an eye for. It is, Come it is. Put the, folded. Put the freaking numbers back, NASCAR. Craig, anything before yeah, we go put, to the next put, the tweet? Put, put them back where they freaking belong. Stop fucking with shit. <laughs> I mean, it's bad right, enough right. you set it up for Bubba to win the race. Oh, God. But, Here we uh, go. All right, the next toast to tweet. Sir Lion of Beef, at Sir Lion of, well, at Sir underscore Lion of. NASCAR to take away car numbers and finishing positions starting next year. Everyone will see an equal finish in money. NASCAR will be woke. <laughs> All right, 40 car IROC deals, fellas. <laughs> Everybody gets a trophy. That's Everybody hilarious. gets a win. All right. So well, that's, that's kind of what, to, that's kinda what I was said in the house this Participation trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. No problem catching Kyle Busch's 200 wins now because 40 drivers will win every week for the next five years. All right. All right. So we'll go to our next, first, next post of tweets. Breaking, breaking news in 2022. We have a first-time multi-champion. 40 drivers have won a championship. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 40 drivers go down uh, to Phoenix or go over to Phoenix for the championship. All right, let's go to the next one. Rick Mass. Now, this one is funny, and I expect I'll laugh. For all the folks fussing about Bubba Wallace, rain short and victory, I would have given my left butt for, for a rain short and victory. Well, maybe the only part of my left butt. Rick Mass. If you remember, he was in the Skull number one car. He drove the 75 rimming car. Uh, sat on the pole for the very for the inaugural Brickyard uh, 400. Rick Mass said that he would give up half of his left nut, or was it his right nut? <laughs> well, he oh said only part that of his hilarious. left uh, to win a cup race. I mean, I think we can all agree we would wreck our mother. We would give up something. We would give up a body part if we could call ourselves victorious in the uh, National Cup Series, uh, NASCAR Cup Series uh, division. I believe we could all agree on right now. Thank you for giving us a great laugh. Now, this one, uh, Toast to Tweet, comes by NASCAR. NASCAR Chasm. He is a very prominent uh, a social media influencer uh, within NASCAR. Uh, he says, tonight... 
I shall door dash myself a tasty meal from McDonald's because, one, I want to celebrate, celebrate Bubba Wallace's historic victory by supporting his sponsors, and two, I think it's the only app that works right now. Hashtag NASCAR, hashtag at Talladega. If anybody, if Mr. JC, C, Mr. J, if Mr. CJ Sports was listening, he would come unglued. What is so funny about this toasted tweet is the fact that there is no bigger app out there that crashes more than the DoorDash app. So very funny that Na- the, the, the inside joke with NASCAR Cast is DoorDash, basically their app crashes every day. So for them, for, for NASCAR Chasm to come out and say that at least it would be the only app that works right now, uh, just wait five minutes is all I can say. Wait five minutes, and uh, it's about like our weather. Wait five minutes, and we'll have a different season. Um, so shout out to our sponsors, DoorDash McDonald's. I hope he was wearing his Columbia sportswear jacket when, uh, when the Dasher delivered the food. So we'll go to our next one. I didn't hear too many laughs out of that one. Track president, which is honestly, it looks like Miss uh, 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 Meemaw Ivy, uh, the governor of Alabama, says track president announces reconfiguration plans for Talladega to become a road course to pre- to prevent another Bubba Wallace win after today's travesty. <laughs> so, they're the, so they're following the footsteps of Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've already got one of those. You know, Tony Tony Stewart had a great idea. They'll split the track in half and do a configure eight and go backwards until every car uh, is in a wreck. I believe the last twisted tweet of the night, the '66 Radio Davison. It was uh, James uh, Davison, I believe is, is his name. He's a, a sports car driver out of Australia. Uh, 66 Radio says, you drink, yeah, for Rick Ware Racing, another driver. He said, you drink that much water in one cent, you're going to pee in my seat. I was just wondering who's going to, who's running our cleaning detail here. Uh, that come from, I believe the crew chief after Davison had asked for another bottle of water at his pit stop. So obviously it is no, uh, secret that drivers pee in their fire suits. Uh, when uh, when they have to go. So uh, hopefully no number twos, but definitely, obviously, is without a doubt that some go the number ones. Uh, so we are now into the fan questions segment as we are rolling over the top of the hour. We should be out of here in about 10 minutes, guys. We are rolling smooth sailing straight out of here. Get Craig in bed at, uh, at at the time that he has requested here tonight. Uh, happy Saturday, Chris. Hope it was a good one. So I think I have pretty good understanding of race cars now from the questions you guys have answered. Now I have to ask about the track. I've heard things about super speedways, short tracks, dirt, and road courses that even put in right turns. I thought all the tracks were oval and just one left turn after another. Still have a lot to learn. Thanks again for your time, Miss Rebecca. Well, Miss Rebecca, we uh, we have used the term cookie cutter a lot on this show, and the cookie cutter track is basically the mile and a half track that uh, seems to be the prominent 
rebuild speedway that they built between the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, Kentucky Speedway, Chicagoland, Homestead, uh, Kansas Speedway, Charlotte. Of course, Charlotte was already on the schedule. Uh, Homestead, these tracks, they all had a similar configuration. Texas Motor Speedway, uh, at, uh, the, the, the racetrack out in California, Fontana. All these tracks were built kind of in the similar time, and they kind of replicated it over and over again. I still believe Chicagoland and Homestead were nothing like the normal cookie-cutter tracks that they've seen. As a matter of fact, Homestead to this day has excellent racing, topside racing, and Chicagoland was one of my favorite tracks as well. We always seen good racing there. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, there was never really good racing there. Um, but those are the cookie-cutter tracks. Now, we also have short tracks. Those are consistent of Martinsville, Richmond, Bristol, uh, help me, guys. Is there one I'm missing there? Uh, supposedly, the Fontana racetrack out in California is going to be remade into a smaller uh, mile, I believe, mile speedway, one-mile speedway. It's, it's uh, supposed to be – no, I think it's supposed to be just under a mile because it's cause supposed to be short track. And if I remember right, this uh, Fontana – a uh, new configured track after 2022. It's supposed to have straightaways like Martinsville, but the corners are banked like Bristol. Right. And and short tracks can really be. Um, I, I don't know short, what you would consider. Do you consider short Lewis? Yeah, O'Reilly Raceway Park or whatever it's he, called now. No, Gateway, I believe, is an intermediate track because in order for short tracks to be considered short track, it has to be less than a mile in length in one lap. Okay. Okay. So that would exclude Phoenix, and and that would exclude Gateway, which is Worldwide Technology Speedway. That's the name of it at this point in time. Um so th- those tracks are considered intermediate tracks, not necessarily a cookie-cutter track uh, that we would see from basically a Charlotte and a Texas and a Kansas, those types of speedways. If you're ARCA, the two-mile-long tracks, dirt tracks, uh, Springfield and I want to say DuCoin is the two dirt tracks they go to. Um, they consider those short tracks, and with ARCA, they have what's called a short track challenge series where essentially it's a little mini-series within ARCA that they used to do. Um, yeah, it's basically the East and West series, right. Um, essentially, they take all the short tracks on their schedule, do a little mini-series with that so that part-time drivers who only plan on racing short tracks could win an ARCA championship. Weird thing, but it is what it is. There's also a confusion because Talladega Super Speedway, Daytona International Speedway, those are both considered super speedway racetracks. Nashville has the Nashville Short Track, which is at the fairgrounds, and then Nashville has a super speedway racetrack. Unfortunately, I believe Nashville Super Speedway was inappropriately named a Super Speedway 
it's called a super speedway because it's a mile and a half racetrack. It's not the typical uh, cookie cutter racetrack configuration, though I believe it's a lot like Iowa. So I guess you would kind of fit it into the intermediate type racetrack. Did it? Even though it's called a super speedway, it is technically well, not a super speedway. It's a mile and a half track. It's it's uh, concrete. It's similar to Dover. Right, right. It's a concrete, uh, and Dover is a it's just on the outside of not being a short track, along with uh, New Hampshire. Is there a certain name? Is that considered short tracks, New Hampshire, and Dover? New Hampshire. And Dover are technically not, even though people kind of put them on the same topic, I guess. Right. Okay, so and then what we have left. I believe New Hampshire is a little over a mile in length. And Dover, I think, is is a mile. Right, yeah, the, the Monster Mile. So those are right at one mile racetracks. Definitely different racetracks. If you know the SRX series and you got to see Slinger, that is a short track. Mobile uh, Raceway, uh, that's a short track. Five Flags, where the Snowball Derby is, that is a that is a short track. Uh, 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 less than a mile short track uh, that uh, that has you know humongous following there in the center when it's the Snowball Derby. Uh, for that racetrack, um, of course, there's road courses. We are introducing Portland to our race schedule in the NASCAR uh, band of series. They will be racing the Xfinity series at Portland. We raced at places like Miami. Of course, we got Coda, which is uh, there in Austin, Texas. We have uh, 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 the Roval. We have the Daytona road course. We have the Indianapolis Road Course. We have Watkins Glen, which is a true road course. We have Steers Point, which I believe is known as, uh, well, what is that known as now? Steers Point, what is Sonoma. it known as? Sonoma. Sonoma Raceway. Uh, that is a road course racetrack. Um, also, I uh, think that we have raced Mid-Ohio. We've raced at Road America. Uh, and uh, I believe I'm leaving one there off from some, but those are, those are our road courses. So there are a few racetracks where we make right turns, not just left hand turns. That's an extensive length of uh, covering the racetracks. I know we've left a couple of them out there, and uh, in the description the tracks are also. That's just scraping the surface. We mentioned that there's some places that are concrete. Nashville, Dover, I believe. Uh, uh, there's concrete at, uh, at Bristol as well. Uh, those, then you have your asphalt tracks like Gateway and uh, 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 New Hampshire. Okay, so th- those, those types of racetracks as well. You got your dirt track. Which Eldora, Knoxville, I believe you said a couple of them there from Arca. Uh, but uh, banking, we won't even get into that. We won't even get into the East Track has its own banking, and some of it's called pro- uh, progressive banking, and uh, some of it's just typically, you know, uh, a banking through the corners. Um, Martinsville is one of the only flat tracks that we have. It will be considered the Los Angeles Coliseum. 
Okay, I, uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, we will be at the LA Coliseum. It's going to be a quarter-mile racetrack uh, on a flat surface. So we're looking forward to seeing that. It's be something similar to Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, it will be definitely something to uh, take a look into. Look, uh, thank you, Mr. Trika, for the fan question. We look forward to next, next week as well. Any other fans that have a question, we'd be glad to answer that as well. Uh, let's move right along. They are predicting weather this weekend. Craig Moore, I believe that is something that you want to talk about real quick. Oh, I did not realize that you dropped out. Go ahead, Craig. Somebody had muted me. That's all right. Uh, by looking at the weather, it looks like Saturday is uh, a, a good chance of rain. As a matter of fact, today, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday down at Charlotte, it is raining. It's going to rain. So uh, Saturday's Xfinity race could get moved to Sunday morning um, or Monday if if need be. Uh, well, why? Well, you know, you never know. They may change the rules again for them this weekend. <laughs> we, we've seen a, a disaster race last year uh, in the rain at the Roval. Uh, so, uh, if we won't see that escapade once again this year, Craig Moore, uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because that was one of the most memorable races I, I can remember in recent well, we just had the discussion. We just had the discussion in in our house earlier while we were having dinner from Domino's um, that rain tires didn't exist. Neither did windshield wipers. So we had to do a quick Google search, <laughs> and she has not told me that I am right. But by her yelling, shut up, from the living room, I do know now that she knows I am right. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't specify road courses. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't know you had to be explicit. Um, I would like to tell you that uh, the move south will take place in November. Um, it was supposed to be the 8th or the 9th. It has since moved a, day, a week because yours truly took another event for November. <laughs> I just got told no more bookings for November so we can get the hell out of here and move south, seeing that my father keeps posting pictures of the pool and his thermometer outside on his deck. Yeah, if you live south. <laughs> Today in South Florida, it was 95 degrees. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. So, Chad, you and, you and the family will have to come visit. And uh, we have a plan on going to Daytona in the uh, in February. So we will keep you updated on that, and we'll have some pictures and videos and uh, whatnot when that when that comes to when that comes to fruition. But yeah, let's get to the pick and. Uh, I don't know where I sit in the Xfinity picks, but uh, I know it's not it's not to the top of the page. Oh, uh, boy. Let's see. Xfinity, 
I mean, if you're talking road course and Xfinity, uh, you you got to know who I'm going to pick. Well, well yeah. Right now, in Xfinity Series alone for Race Chat Live, I currently sit on top. Chris is back behind 67 points. Jason is third, 105 points back. Craig is on the cusp of being eliminated with 124 points back. Unfortunately for... Hey, 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 what's this elimination bullshit? Unfortunately for our production manager, uh, Mrs. Lee Reed, she's actually not in contention for Xfinity Championship for Cat Live. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, in this world of racing, every it's a trophy. I mean, look at Bubba Wallace. She's going to have to get something. Yeah, I think I think going in we should like completely reset the points and have a runoff. That way, it only matters on the last race of the year. That's right. <laughs> Everybody and that way it gives Miss Lee a chance. Hey, yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. We all we all agreed on points for the, throughout the season without reset. So no, 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 no. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. We want to we want to see who the baddest one is of this. Of the show, and as of right now, Taz Taylor, it seems to be that you're in cruise control. So, uh, we've I've only got a few races. I, I one thing I did notice is I'm in second in every category, so I feel kind of like Mark Martin here, always somebody's bridesmaid, whereas uh, well, you might be say, always somebody's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a Denny Hamlin as well, because. No, you might have to pay to get a laid. I mean, to get up oh, in point. Two finger Denny, too much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he didn't want it to be cheating, you know. Two fingers and and a little. Well, never mind. A little rub down there. Uh, <laughs> don't don't have us talking like that on the radio. So really, seriously. It's either going to be A.J. Allmendinger in the Xfinity Series or Ty Gibbs. It's a toss-up. Who's going to take A.J. and who's going to take Ty? I'm going to take Ty just because I know you're going to take Dillinger. Or Dinger. But we're leaving out Austin Sindri. That's all right. And Josh Berry. I'm not sure how Josh is going to do... If he was a dirt late model driver, I would have expectations for Barry. But being that he is an asphalt late, uh, you know, a late model asphalt driver, it's a little bit different. Like you don't get as much of the the drift of the corners when you're when you're in an asphalt car. Uh, they've had uh, 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 track control for a very long time uh, up in their series. So uh, you know, I, I'm just not sure if. He's got the, that type of development, uh, being that he's most of his experience comes on asphalt. But Austin Sender, AJ Allmendinger, and Ty Gibbs. I mean, it's you know, I, I wouldn't have put Ty Gibbs in that at the beginning of the year. But uh, being that the way he come out and stomp ass and Pep, and Papal's uh, number fifty four machine, it's hard to it's hard to say that he he doesn't have a chance. Ty Dillon will be in the twenty three. Uh, machine, and uh, let's see some other notables. Um, well, of course, uh, Brett Moffitt, you said Josh Berry's in the one car, Noah Gragston, of course, in the nine, 
Daniel Hemrick, David jo- uh, Brandon Jones, Harrison Burton, all those guys there as well. Uh, not seeing any road ringers coming out of the closet or, or retirement like a, possibly a war set or anything like that. So uh, just your typical uh, full season Xfinity drivers. I'm going to go with the Danger. Of course, I'm going to go with the Danger. He's had an awesome year. Uh, I really I can't see myself going for anybody else. Uh, I guess that'll leave you, Taz. Who are you going to take? Well, my picks are already in, so I guess so. people are probably going to say, oh, Chris took Taz's pick. Well, he took my pick. I have Mr. Dingling Ice Cream Man, A.J. Allmendinger. <laughs> He's a dingling, the dingling. He's a ringling, lingling, ling. A.J. Allmendinger. Yep. He likes <laughs> well, I tell you, Mr. CJ Sports is not a fan of AJ Allmendinger, that's for sure. There is no love at all for the Dinger when it comes to the fearless leader himself, Mr. CJ Sports. Uh, so let's go to the cup side. We'll get Miss Lee's picks and uh, Mr. CJ Sports has picked them later. Uh, I figure most of you guys are going to think that I'm going to jump straight on the bandwagon and go for two for two. Um, I would like to be the last one to make my pick here because I'm probably going to uh, probably going to regret it. But uh, so we'll start with you, Taz. Who, who do you, you said your pick is in? Pick is anywhere near your pick. Who do you have to win the Cup race, the Roval race at Charlotte? Well, there's a couple of strong drivers that I was looking into: Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex. Uh, Kyle Larson, those are some good notables. I mean, there's also Christopher Bell who won the Daytona Roval out of nowhere that we didn't expect. Um, I don't see drive. I don't see Kyle Busch doing well at this kind of track. He hasn't shown. He hasn't shown that. At the Roval, being his average finish there is a is a 33.0. So I would expect him to struggle. Um, Denny Hamlin wouldn't be a bad one to go with, to be honest with you. Ryan Blaney is a great one to go with since his average finish is inside the top five. Uh, but... I'm going on the Hendrick Chevrolet camp, and my pick is going to be Chase. Ha! Joke's on you, Kyle Larson. Woohoo, Kyle Larson. Larson! Yeah, yeah. He picked the wrong Hendrick driver, though. I agree. Because they're not going to let know. him win a championship. Hold on, hold on. You. You think you say that I go with the wrong Hendrick driver. I could have, but Kyle Larson has shown how good he is on road courses when we all thought he wouldn't. Oh, I mean I, I, I know. agree. I, I know. I mean he can be he can be fast there 
There's a, there's several drivers on this list. I think we missed Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski. Uh, those guys those guys know how to win it, right? And I, uh, and I do remember Kyle Larson limping a very wrecked Chip Ganassi car through, I think, a near top 20 finish. In one year, he was pretty close to being eliminated from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, mine is going to really catch you guys off guard. Because I, I made a I made a prediction in our roundtable, and I'm and the question is, will I stick to that prediction as we go to Craig Moore? Chaz Taylor's got Kyle Larson. He's been the favorite all season long, but we've seen Kyle Larson kind of take a fall. I do want to hit the points real quick before we leave here tonight, as uh, we're going into the last race before elimination. But uh, one more time, as we go around the table, uh, Craig Moore, uh, who do you have for the win this weekend at the Roval? Ryan Blaney. I'm going to go way outside the box. I'm going to go way outside the box here. I'm going to go with somebody who needs a win. I don't give a shit what stats tell you. Um. I'm going to go with a definite long shot here, and that's Alex Bowman. What? Wow. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah I think that, that I think is a long he's shot. got a lot to prove. That's definitely a long shot, and I'm going to tell you what. Jeez, if Craig, he I know you're tired. It, I didn't think you were that tired. Well, you know, listen. You're betting against Alex Bowman, and you're an Alex Bowman fan. So you're going. I never said I was an Alex Bowman fan, though. Well, I just. I only only try to support him because he's got Johnson's old number, and I try try, uh, supporting Larson because he's got Johnson's old team. I don't really have a favorite driver in Cup, necessarily. So he's left without his without his driver. You know, his driver retired at the end of the last year. So I did not realize that about Taz. He just made me really sad when he told me that he does not have a favorite driver right now in the Cup Series. We gotta this guy's gotta find a favorite driver. Obviously, nobody wants to be a Chase Elliott, and so I don't blame him on that. Uh, listen, yeah, listen, no, you've got a favorite driver. It's called the pink bar. Yeah, we're, we're we're running out of time. Let's go ahead and get this thing closed out. So uh, make sure somebody's got that point thing up as we go into, as I make my pick. A.J. Allmendinger, you would think straight from the door, that would be the 17th different winner this year. That would be amazing to see. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just not sure if A.J. can can capitalize, go two for two this weekend. Uh, it would be great to see that. Another guy that kind of stands out, Brad Keselowski, was somebody who we thought would be kind of the cellar dweller uh, going into this. He's actually in the top four, I believe, in the point standing. It would be really cool to see Brad Keselowski uh, pick up that win and solidify himself into the final, uh, well, into the uh, the round of eight for sure to solidify that Uh you know, that would kind of set him up for that championship run. Uh, Blaney, a former winner of the race, I think he's the one to reckon with. I said in uh, our prediction roundtable that Christopher Bell 
I did want to vote him out of the circle, out of the round of eight, because I felt like Christopher Bell would be a prominent factor in the race at the Roval. Time has gone on a little bit. I'm not so confident about that pick anymore, so I will be reneging that prediction. Uh, so that's going to leave me with Martin Truex Jr., guys. Martin Truex Jr. is going to put himself straight where he needs to be for the final, for the round. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., one of these, that should be one of the favorites, and I believe Vegas will be looking at him as one of the favorites. Uh, as I believe Craig just dropped out on us there. Uh, <laughs> but I've got Martin Truex Jr., for the win, Taz Taylor, make sure you mark that down. All right. So, Craig has Ty Gibbs and Alex Bowman. Wow, Alex Bowman. I can't believe that. God. I know. That doesn't um, even sound right. Chris has A.J. Allmendinger and T-Rex Martin Truex Jr. I have A.J. Allmendinger and Kyle Larson. Now, will you hit that rundown real quick on the final points there? I mean, on the points before. Close this thing out there. All right. Our current Cup Series playoff standings right now, heading into the Roval. Uh, Denny Hamlin is guaranteed, the only driver guaranteed into the next round. So this race don't mean much of anything to him other than trying to gain playoff points. Kyle Larson sits second. He's 22 above the cut line. Joey Logano, 21 ahead. Brad Keselowski and Martin Triggs Jr. tie for fourth and fifth, 20 above 20 points. Brian Blaney, uh, currently in sixth, 15 points above the cut line. Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch both sit at seventh and eighth place, respectively. Both are nine points ahead of the cut line. Kevin Harvick is the first driver underneath, nine points below. Christopher Bell in 10th. 28 points below the cut line. William Byron in 11th and essentially a must-win situation, 44 points below. And Alex Bowman, as Craig said earlier, essentially a must-win. He is 52 points below the cut line. Moving over to Xfinity real quick, uh, Austin Sindrick is 77 points ahead of the cut line. He is good. Justin Allgaier, 55 points ahead of the cut line. He is essentially good. Daniel Hemrick is 41 points ahead of the cut line. He is essentially good. A.J. Allmendinger sitting in fourth, 33 points ahead of the cut line. Justin Haley in fifth, 24 points ahead. Brandon Jones plus 21 in sixth. Noah Gregson in seventh plus 18. Harrison Burton is a is the final driver above the cut line, eight points ahead of the good. Jeff Burton in ninth, eight points out. My Snyder, 10th place, 24 points out. Riley Herbst, uh, pretty close to a must-win situation, sits 11, 32 points out. And Jeremy Clements, essentially must-win situation. He sits in the 12th spot, 48 points out of the final playoff spot. And do you have right on hand there the four guys that we eliminated uh, in our prediction? Because I think we're really, really close on that. Um, We have the loading that up. Okay, so, so I want to give drivers, Miss Lee's picture real quick while you're while you're figuring that one, while you're getting yeah, that I pulled up. Have, I actually have our I actually have our four drivers out right here. 
So the four okay. drivers we have eliminated after the round of 12, and this is all together as a team, we have eliminated as a team Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, uh, Alex Bowman, and Kyle Busch. Wow. And so the four drivers that are in elimination factor right now, Kyle, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. Kyle Busch is in the good right now. Oh, okay. Alex Bowman is essentially in a must-win situation below the cut line. Christopher Bell uh, has about 20 points to work with, I believe, underneath the cut line. Yeah, he has 28 points to work with. He's not fully eliminated yet. He's um, Kevin Harvick is sitting nine points below the cut line, so we're all right there. So essentially it's going to come down to a brawl between Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, where Christopher Bell, he really needs to reel in those points, but he's not fully out of it yet. Bowman essentially must win. If Christopher Bell were to pick up a win, that would completely blow us out of the water. But we are, we may nail three out of four again uh, this go around. Uh, very interesting, Miss Lee. She picked Dinger, uh, which thank goodness not four of us picked Dinger because then it would completely eliminate Dinger from being able to be picked. Uh, so three have Dinger to win, and Christopher Bell on the Cup side. It would have been really cool if I'd have stuck with my pick. She said she don't ask why, but just a gut feeling on Christopher Bell it is. Kind of funny that you said that, Miss Lee, because we I did uh, vote to not eliminate him for this round based off of a win that he would receive at the Roval that I have potentially reneged on. Uh, so if that comes into fruition, I will look like not just a single idiot, but a double idiot. Uh, all right, race fans, we went just a few minutes over, but we want to thank you guys for listening. We were trying to get out of here at 8.30. Of course, we've already set... Uh, Mr. Craig Moore to bed. We have wrapped him up and given him a good night kiss and told him uh, a bedtime story. So uh, we'll see him next week uh, as we go back to our normal time slot on Monday nights. I did like the fact that we had a lot more content to work with here tonight. As we get ready for next year, we may have to move the. We may. Well, this was all done on Monday night because uh, Mr. Craig Moore was working at Pizza Hut, I believe, at the time the general manager and he was only going to have Mondays off Monday nights uh, where his only night of availability. So we'll try to get that figured out as uh, the 2022 race season closes upon us. Um, And we start wrapping our shows up here in just a few weeks. I want to thank y'all for listening. Make sure you share the show. We are in full blown competition with Southern dirt track report. Uh, for the most listens in a short, in a, in a, I think a 10 week period, uh, it is very close. We're within, I believe, two points of each other. Uh, so a very close race as we head down the final stretch, uh, as we get to try to win that 110 nation money. Uh, Taz Taylor, let's uh, go ahead and close it out, my friend. All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening along to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you to our partners of 110 Nation Sports, TNT Designs, and more to music. Uh, We want to say thank you for listening to our uh, odd night of uh, show here on a Wednesday night. We'll be back to our Mondays. Uh, This coming Monday, Roundtable Discussion will be live 
on Blog Talk Radio and our Race Chat Live Facebook page for that, for the round of eight, and pick four drivers to move on to the final four at that point. So, without further ado, this has been the Caution Flag of Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I am the Tasmanian Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying good night. We'll see you at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, uh, this coming Monday in roundtable discussion on Facebook Live. And once again, we'll be here on Block Talk Radio as well. Have a good night. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve. Planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. Just a little bit more than the normal life. Just a good old boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Yeah, on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.